Dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. Don't miss our live show on Thursdays, but for now, you've got us on sloppy seconds with our podcast with the Grimdark Gang. It's time once again for Grimdark Live. Hey, welcome to Grimdark Live, you webcast for all things Dice Dragons, Demons, and the Dwarf in the Warhammer Worlds. I'm your host, Patrick, and I got Chuck and I got Justin with me. Fellas, what do you hear? What do you say? Another day, another dollar, and we're ready to rock and roll for the end of the year. You are not kidding, my man. It is another day, another dollar. Chuck, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Let's paint and play. Yeah, yeah, you know, it depends on what you're playing with, though, because your camera is on. Just remember that. <laughs> I, am, I am in front of a computer. It is... Uh, Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Let's go. That's right. Spectacles, testicles, Amen. <laughs> All right. I don't even wear glasses. I don't even know where that came from. All right. Well, hello, hello there, uh, Grimdark goons. Here it is, man. Our last show of 2020. I mean, we're going to be off next next Thursday and the following Thursday in observance of uh, Christmas Eve and, and New Year's, obviously. But before we get going, can you guys believe this crap? I mean, can you believe that 2020 is finally winding down? I mean, thank here we are. Effing, thank effing God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess. Oh, I guess. Thank God, right? Chuck, what do you have to say to that? Yes. Uh, blessed be the fathers. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for, for for many people that do, that don't know that Chuck is actually a, a well, he's 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 a he's a priest a on the weekday. And he's he's a he's a nun on the weekends. I, I'm none of it uh, except on Sunday at nine o'clock, and there we go. All that's right. it. That's it. You know, one of us is going to get hit by a lightning bolt, and it's probably going to be Justin. You got it, and I'll be, right. I'll greatly take it right here. There you go, man. <laughs> All right. Me. So um, here it is, man. You know, every every, every year uh, we we at this time of year we're going to do this here in a little bit, but we actually have army predictions for the next year to see what you know anybody thinks about this or that army you know what um you know uh, who's going to be the best army coming up and here here's my little here's my little note right here if you guys can see that one of uh of, of what i wrote down you, if you guys can read hieroglyphics or left-handed chicken scratch you know what i wrote so in 2020 when we did our predictions we came up with uh army lists that um steve you're out there you said dark elves Randy, you said Seraphon. I said High Elves. I mean, I, I guess I had no idea, um, you know, which one was which. And uh, I guess Lumineth, who knew? And uh, Justin, you uh, you had Seraphon as well, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah, you know, so uh, I don't know. How do you think we fared, man? Do you think do you think we did all right? Yeah, I, I think we did. I think we we uh, we got pretty close. I mean. With the ones we did, the the Dark Elves, of course, the only thing we saw with them was the upgrades to uh, Marathi's group. Right. And then we only saw the Canite Shadowstalkers and that new for, for faction come out. Right. We didn't actually see an army form, so they got scrubbed. That's true. For the, for the most part. Uh, Lumineth did come out, but they had a subpar launch, and they're they're making up a lot of ground as it is. They're, you're now starting to see them coming into the tournament circuit that we do have 
and they are taking names because they are very, very vicious army. Right. Uh, Seraphin are still up in the tops just because they can. There's so much shenanigans they can pull. So yeah, I mean, it's it's I, funny, and and we're gonna we're gonna get to your predictions, and I guess and you know, and folks, uh, Chuck had to drop out. Um, he um. His, I guess his audio or something gave out. You know, uh, we, we don't we don't know what's going on down there. I think uh, maybe he had to give a sermon or something. I'm not sure, but uh, a blessing. Um, yeah. So so let's let's get into this. I mean, Chuck, hope you can get back and join us soon, buddy. Uh, hope we can get back to us. Um, but here it is. So we we know what we all predicted last year. I mean, I can tell you, I was mm-hmm. I was as wrong as anybody could be. Really. I mean, I, I don't know what the hell I was thinking really. But let's. Let's look at this this past year. Let's look at this year. We had we had how many armies released, right? We had Sons of Behemoth, we had right. Lumineth Realm Lords, Seraphon, right. Oceark yep. Bone Reapers, and Karadron mm-hmm. Overlords, right? Six uh, six army books in twenty twenty. Yeah, some six or seven, something like that. But well, new but new armies like brand new to the game, three. Yeah, right. You're right. But I know the yeah, Oceark Bone Reapers, Sons of Behemoth, and Lumineth Realm Lords. Um, and you know, I gotta, I, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not doing this because Chuck's not on here, but you know, they, they were Lumineth, man. They, they're still kind of a stinker out there. There's, I still see their stuff on the shelves. I know a, a guy that runs one of the GW stores. He can't, he can't give that stuff away. I yeah. gotta tell you, I mean, I don't like to talk like that because I really wanted them. You know, it's funny. I, I have a weird, weird thing with Sons, uh, um, uh, Slaves of Darkness. Mm-hmm. And with Lumineth Realm Lords, it's like I really wanted the Slaves of Darkness to be something great, and GW kind of chop blocked them with a lot of their abilities, their synergy stuff like that, right out of the gate when they first came out. And I think that's where people are having difficulties with them. People have well, Lumineth. The big problem with Lumineth and people has difficulties there is one lack of unit types. Aesthetics. So your 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 aesthetics. The aesthetics. Not a lot of people are having a problem with that. On the gaming side so much it's the modeling painting side because those models are so chock full of detail that painting them is kind of a nightmare chuck is back chuck is back how you doing chuck you're back man you got it all worked out and and like i was saying uh, you might be able to hear me but i am not able to hear you guys 100 percent of the time (laughs) all right well he's going to be fading in out that's a good thing chuck because justin was really mother effing you right now man he was really laying india he was it was it was horrifying. I couldn't believe yeah. some of the words that were coming out of his mouth. I know, I know. It was just horrible. Just the worst <laughs> thing ever. So let me let me get you up to speed here real quick. So what we were talking about, Chuck, was we really we were pontificating on how many armies have come out this year, right? And and we've come out with six of them. You know, and of the three armies, as Justin put it, yeah, there's there's three brand new ones, but it's six happening. army releases in 2020. So I think he's losing you again, but that's okay. Yeah, looks like it looks like Chuck with his audio, but we're going to keep rolling with this thing, man. So besides right. Maggotkin of Nurgle and Daughters of Cain and Legions of Nagash, mm-hmm. um, which are all 2018 books, the rest are 2019, right? All the rest of the armies, they're all 2019, right? Yeah, the, the remaining 20 out of, out of the 24 armies, I think we only have three of them that really didn't get a new book or a new update in any like major update. Um, I can't say that they didn't because Daughters of Cain did get an update with the Marathi book. That that was a pretty big jump for them. Uh, changing the way the sharks work, changing the way the turtle works, it, it pretty much brought them up. So, yeah, right. I, I would say there was probably two in there, which would be Legion and Agash and the. Wow. Uh, I, I think I think, but, and, and we don't want to. But I think wanna... I think I. 
I think that's a dead book as it is. Yeah, so. I, think, I think Legion of Gosh is a dead book. And, you know, and, and part of what our topic is, we're going to get to that here in a minute, and part of what our topic is going to be is, you know, possibly these type of army builds are going to be, uh, are going to be dead as well. Um, but, I, you know, and speaking of that, let, let's go through this. Let's go through army predictions Let's make the call right now for 2020. We're gonna. I've got the pen here, man. I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write it down, Chuck. Uh, hopefully you can uh, you can hear us in your back. So uh, what what do you think, man, Chuck? Let let's let's hear it. What is your army? Who what's gonna be the top army? Wait, I gotta write this down. All right, I got it. I'm writing it down. It's going on the list. Top army 2021, Chuck. Make the call. I don't think he can hear you. Okay, um, Justin, top army. What do you think? <laughs> Including new things that we think are coming? You make the call, man. Yeah, I said hi, Elves, in the beginning of 2020. What kind of a doofus was I? Vampire Pirates. Vampire Pirates. Okay. All right, Vampire Pirates. That's going to be my choice. I think we're going to see them, and they're going to be a very hitty list. All right, Justin, you're down for vampires, man. Vamps. Okay. Um, I'm, you know, I'm going to have to go with Dark Elves of some kind. I'm going to have to go with Malorian's Army or, or something to that effect. So that, that's... That's me, you know. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, that dark elves. So we're gonna see what um, we're gonna see what comes to that. And you know, for everyone else out there listening, man, let us know. Give us your predictions uh, before 2021. You cheating bastards! Give us what your prediction's gonna be for uh, you know this coming um, uh, this coming year. You know, uh, of who's gonna be the best Age of Sigmar army. Um, but moving on, here we go. I mean. On tonight's show, we're going to be talking about and taking a look at the com- the com- the competitiveness, really, and the viability. I would have to say, of Grand Alliance armies and their builds. And you know, it's it's funny because I, I guess I'm, before I jump ahead, the other question is, are there incentives to run Grand Alliance armies? You know, is is there still a benefit to, um, you know, get those things out there and run them? So, um. What do you think, guys? Is this, is this a, a pretty healthy topic or what? I, I think it's a healthy topic. And while I can hear you, I'll just chime in a little bit. Nice. Um, you, you guys got some uh, good predictions there. I'm going to go for, uh, and this is the the stupid side of it that we know it's probably going to get released. You're going I'm on the think- list. We're gonna we're gonna have a stormcast release, I think. Oh, oh God, no, no! Doing your no. damn stormcast. <laughs> I've got all the books. I, I would pick another one up if it got a couple more hosts in there, battalions, and an update in general with points and stuff like that. You know, you I do the, think it is like the you, the general you, army you, army. You, you know, there's gonna be another chamber opened right. at some point. You know, there's gonna be another chamber next year. It's just the stormcast open a chamber every year. They've done it Chuck, since they launched. Chuck in his stormcast, man. I don't. Know what to make of that chuck and his stormcast but uh everyone's got their thing right chuck yep all right so <laughs> so so so, he, so he, here's the question i have now uh, justin I, I know you um pretty well and i know chuck pretty well and you guys you, you guys both play versions of grand alliance type armies right and so yeah i mean most recently, I think I think a few just a few war meets ago, Justin, you had kind of a version of like a hodgepodge Grand Alliance. Oh no, that was that was your Cities of Sigmar. Mm-hmm. Well, the okay. Cities of Sigmar is pretty close to a hodgepodge um, Grand Alliance army, it's and just, that's why I think is. for the, for Grand Alliance order, I wonder if Cities of Sigmar is going to be the one that's going to be replacing uh, Grand Alliance order armies. You think? Possibly. I mean, we just got a kind of I wouldn't say a kick in the teeth, but we just got another update with Marathi again. In that respect, because well, they they added they they took Amblegard out, put 
Harkarin and and yeah, but that's like saying Wrath of the Ever Chosen is something for you know exactly. slaves of darkness I mean, or exactly. Sl- I, yeah, I don't really buy you know. I, mean, I, I get what you're saying, but nah, I don't. You're, you're, all, all you were doing is basically throwing the cities of Sigmar in with the daughters of Cain and saying, "Here you go. Now you can add this particular side of the order into your list as right. well." And yeah, you you basically just did a huge grand alliance and invited somebody else in right but my but my question to you i guess is is do you think the cities of sigmar has replaced what would normally be order grand alliance armies do you think that was kind of the template at at, at this point yes i do okay i because they have the most choices of the unit types all right from from the different factions and everything of that manner so okay i think they have all right well i think I i think ever chosen was the attempt at chaos's Grand Alliance reboot. Okay, so so we're we're going to warm up the show on what this topic is tonight. I'm gonna, you know, Justin, you put together a couple of lists, and we're going to throw it up there. Just a quick two minute high low. You pick your list. I, th- I think you gave me a chaos one, a death one, and a destruction one. Real quick, whatever, you know, just... wh- whatever one you want to throw, Pat. You it doesn't matter. They're all they're all kind of goofy lists, but they're they're simple. They're all, all right, simple. I'll tell you and basic. what. We're going to go with you. We're going to go with your chaos one first. All right, man. All right, let's it, let's, let, let's kind of talk us through. And, and and here's the thing, real quick. Just a high low, two minutes, shotgun wedding. Go. So what, what what makes this list competitive or viable? Well, it makes it viable because it goes back to the old ways of chaos. Massed amounts of troops covering each other with some artillery in the backfield, and all of your commanders synergize under the banner of one leader. So the, the primary leader in here is an unaligned demon prince who's trying to ascend to godhood in a way. So he's mustered his forces together, bringing in 30 chaos warriors and two units of 15, 40 chaos marauders, and some Screen archolites. Now, yeah, I said Screen, Those are Skaven because under current rules, they're chaos. They're chaos. Yeah. So yeah. that accessibility, because of these codes and the keywords that are in there, give you access to the chaos shrines, which allow them to be buffers, to, to buff everything in that list. So you would have a deity praying right. to a shrine. Mm-hmm. It also gives you access to warp lighting catenins, which is one of the things that chaos doesn't have, which is artillery. Great. So, Great one. So now, yeah. so now you got some artillery going down the line, some screen archolites sitting there to hold them and defend them. Plus, they're also a nice little bobble where they can launch things at an eight-inch range. And then you got the marauders and the warriors just to swarm your opponent and knock them down. Got and I, everything is unaligned. You can easily modify the list to align it to a specific, specific god if you wanted to get the bonuses from that god. Okay. But... I so, think it's a stand. I think it's a pretty solid little basic list for for a general. Yeah, you, you, and this is why I think this is why I think that this this topic is is a really good one. Just just basically about what we just what we just saw up there. Um, you know that that you just presented with us. And and, and I'm, let me say this. I think I think this is a good topic to discuss mainly because it's interesting, right? To see mm-hmm. if this type of of build is still viable, right? That's number one. Number two, I I think there are there. I don't know how to put this. Um, I think that the Grand Alliance armies, right? I think their days mm-hmm. are numbered going into Age of Sigmar 3.0. I don't see yeah. Grand Alliance armies having a place in Age of Sigmar 3.0. And I, I got to tell you, I, I find it interesting because I enjoyed them back in the day, but I, I do kind of see their, um, their 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 days dwindling. I mean, Chuck, what do you think, man? Um, yeah, I think we have a ticking clock. Uh, I'm going to kind of agree with what you're saying here. Um, I think that is the way that it's it's heading in the long term. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. But at any rate, you know, I, I, what we just showed up there was was just a little bit of a taste of what we're going to be getting into with one of the lists that um, yeah uh, that that Justin shared. But anyway, this is a great topic, especially for for you both. Um, that you guys are really both very clever gamers, and I've seen you guys kind of play different versions, whether it be allies or full on, you know, Grand Alliance uh, type armies. Hell, I've played them, um, or yeah. anyone out there yeah. really, I should say that that thinks that they make you know might want to make a a go of this type of uh, of an army. But Chuck, real quick, why don't, why don't you tell everybody that's listening out there, uh, what is a Grand Alliance only army? Okay. Did we, did we lose him again? We did, man. We did. He's out. Justin, oh. you got to take. Justin, go ahead, man. <laughs> Sorry. What what is? You know, did, did did you hear the question there, Chuck? I the first part and the last part of it I did. Okay, what, say it again. What, what is a Grand so, Alliance? So why don't you explain to everyone before you die out on a skin? What is a Grand Alliance army? And and it cut out in the middle again. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you what. Go ahead, Justin. Take it, man. Let's do it. Take it. Take um, it, Justin. Okay, so a Grand Alliance only army to me is an army that consists of any of the models from Legends and any of the models that were released at the beginning of AOS one. Or, or from the transfer from the old fantasy. Right. It doesn't include the Sons of Behemoth, the Osiarch Bone Reapers, or any of the new factions that came into play. Well, are you sure? It, because, it, I mean, it, if you're going to play, they're, they're still Destruction Grand Alliance. They, they, they are. They are. But that would be a transition to 3.0 base version Grand Alliance, not current Grand Alliance. If you well, do Grand Alliance, if you're going to be a purist to a Grand Alliance, because you have access to none of the abilities, none of the bonuses, and none of the command traits of those armies, and you're you're focusing solely on what the units can do, you don't include them. All right, but that's my personal opinion. Well, I mean, and that's and that's 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 very fair and reasonable, really. I mean, I, I think that um, you know, uh, but but so here's the thing. So for, for tonight's topic. Is mm-hmm. it is it fair to say that a large incentive to, to running mixed Grand Alliance army would be the units that work on only oh, yeah. the, the what you're saying is the order the chaos the destruction the death blanket synergies right I mean, well, I mean I, I'll can, give you, you an can, example go ahead let, let, me, me, let me give you an example you, you just, and then, then we got we got we got to roll on but here, right. here's my example here so when we talk about this because I really want to get this out of the way before we get into the main topic. Would it, mm-hmm. I mean, so as an order army, right? You just did chaos. I'm going to talk order. I'm not going to show a list, but I'm just going to talk to it. As an example, would, you know, you know, if, if we were to look at, say, um, a blanket synergy, would be the Celestial Huracanum that adds plus mm-hmm. one to any order uh, units hit rolls in, in the range of its buffs, or or one might be the, the Mortis engine, let's just say, for a death army that gives wizards plus one to casting. Um, right. Or if you uh, take some time to, to look through the units, you can find a large number of units that uh, affect their uh, allegiance as a whole rather than just that faction. So I think, right. I think in those two examples there, too, I think that... Um, you know, there there are still some viabilities to those units, and it looks like uh, Chuck just uh, absolutely said, dropped. Man, I think yeah, I think he's I think yeah. he's absolutely done. So we are going to uh, we're going to take that, and we're going to be uh, back here in a second with uh, with with the start of our news. But hey, to everyone joining us, uh, thank you so much for listening here tonight on Grimdark Live. And and if you'd like our show, please don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. And please also share the link to this show, this particular one here, uh, with anyone that you think that would uh, would like to hear of us. But before we break, Justin, you ready? We're gonna we're gonna do a peek behind the curtain here, man. Oh boy! We are going to uh, we're gonna give everyone the last question of the day of 2020. Can you believe that? This is the last yeah. question of the day. 
Here it is. Yep. So, so don't answer this now. Don't answer this now, or you don't even want to see what Justin's going to do to you. So <laughs> will 2021 be the year that we finalize the remaining army books and which one will be, and which one will be the most anticipated? So let me say that again. Will 2021 be the year that we finalize the remaining army books and which one will be the most anticipated? So that's your, uh, that's your question of the day that we're going to be getting up to, um, here a little bit later in the show. So, so not, not a, not a bad question, huh? No, not at all. All right, man. We will be right back. Hang tight. Hey, you Grimdark goons. Thank you all so much for listening to our Grimdark Live podcast. If you're new to the Grimdark Live experience or new to our podcast and like what you hear, please follow this podcast and pass us along to your friends. Let us know what you think about Grimdark Live in the show's comment sections, and let us know just how we're doing. Also, don't forget to catch us live on Thursdays. And if that isn't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. That's grimdarklive.com. Anyway... Thanks for listening, following, and just being awesome. Hey gang, today's news is brought to you by Six Squared Studios. Yep, an awesome company for all your gaming and hobby needs. Six Squared Studios, I'll say it again, Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios are the real terrain nerds you all need to be getting your terrain from. Get your commercial laser cut MDF bases, silicone molds for resin prints, Game and hobby accessories like 15 to 28 millimeter terrain, 15 to 28 millimeter figures, and 15 to 28 millimeter vehicles, and a lot more. So get your nerd on with Six Squared Studios. Check them out at sixsquaredstudios.ca. Again, that's six-squaredstudios.ca. Six Squared Studios, where tabletop terrain is made by gamers for gamers. Just like their saying goes, gaming accessories made by gamers for gamers six squared studios all right we are back man we got the news and we are going to get rolling with this one because we got these uh we still got this 24 days of admin i gotta tell you as much as i like the rumor engine i like talking about them is this annoying to you because i it's like it's like i i feel like it's like um it's like a race to the finish line just to talk about all these 20 24 days of kicks in the nuts yeah it's, it's, well, it's too it's too much it would have been easy if they did one every i don't i know everybody's doing their advent calendars but if they only did 12 of them and did one every other day like every two days yeah, right i would have, i would have been a little bit better with it well let's just try to shotgun but, wedding all right here's the one from the yeah. 14th we're gonna go through this one right here all right i say it's a some kind of a priest definitely 40k what do you think man yeah it's it's 40k i just don't know what i because it's that's an odd angle. That's I there's you got a backpack there or a bag there. It looks like you got an arm to one side and shoulders with some kind of mechanicum in the back of it. Right. But right. It, it's but obviously all, I'm sorry. This, all, this one this one's from the 15th. I'm sorry. This one's we'll go backwards and we'll, we'll take okay. one step backwards. But yeah, that that one is like some kind of a scroll or, or something weird like that. Uh, priest. Oh, the, of, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the 15th, something. the 15th is like another version of the Inquisitor that we were looking at that we well, saw or thought about the, you know, because that's all that same kind of. Here's my guess on, on on the one from the 14th, 40K Inquisitor. Yeah. That, that right yeah. there. There you go. I mean, that that, uh, <laughs> yeah. that makes it all better. Chuck, he's back. He's back from the war. Hey. To get it all worked out. I mean, he's he's got the he's got the piano well, wire tied into the string, and we're ready to go. <laughs> Let me tell you what. When you've got a seven-port USB hub that's three years old, it probably doesn't work good with 
brand new equipment like a headset. So there's a little bit of a difference there. Hey, at least we got you back. You're right. clean and uh, your audio, and we can understand what you're yeah. saying. For, you know, for, for a second there, I'm glad you said audio after you referred to Chuck as getting clean. I'm, I'm, uh-huh. glad, I'm glad you worked on that. Like one. my clock cleaned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Punch <laughs> in the face. So, Chuck, what are we looking at, man? We got this 40K Inquisitor thing for the rumor engine. Be, uh, yeah, lead yeah, us into I the am, light. I kind of think it is like more 40K related. I don't know how you cross over into uh, the fantasy, you know, AOS with, realm if we got the grill guards and all that going, you know, and yeah. a lot of people on Twitter did, like you said, Justin, tied it into the Inquisitor model. Like, right. I guess there were two historical or not like historical, but previous Inquisitor models with the scrolls and the books and like the list right. that they're bringing out and reading names off of it. Um, and that does remind one of that. Sure. Yeah, it's 40K. And I mean, most of these, I mean, a good chunk of these are 40K. We're yeah. seeing there's, there's, very few in farmer actually AOS in this list. Yeah. Unless well, they're in the last, you know, here's, here's the one. last 10 or nine that we got coming. Here's the next one. All right. Here's yeah. from the 16th. I'm going to say, and, and Chuck, oh, you're going to love this one here, man. A small bit of Stormcast or probably a human, maybe something Sigmarish, City of Sigmarish, something like that. What do you think? It's uh, a dwarf. <laughs> I am going to, you know what? I will say, I will give 95% <laughs> chance that this is an order related. Uh, miniature. Yeah. It is from Grand Alliance Order, and we're going to get something on the AOS site. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, I, uh, we'll see. It's funny because when this one popped up, everybody's like, oh, look, it's Sigmar. And I'm like, are you insane? Sigmar would have a grander hammer than that. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, and you know what's funny? I'm looking at the hand, and that doesn't look dwarfish. As a matter of fact, that well, hand looks, but, you know, kind of very right, streamlined. Which, which was Elvish? funny. Elvish, which was yeah, funny, maybe. Which was, which was funny because like a, a lot of the chat channels and a lot of like Twitter and all that always like, oh, it's a new dwarf. And I'm going, no. No. That no. hand is way too Mm-mm. big for a dwarf. Yeah, no. Dwarf. Du- dwarf didn't have like <laughs> ham hock for hands. No, that, that's that, definitely not it. That, 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 that is, that's either human or yes. Cities of Sigmar or something in there yep. or, mm-hmm. that's, or that's going to be Elven in some way or form. But I'm it hoping is, to God we're not getting another hammer unit for elves. They, yeah, well, maybe we uh, we, we, not. we may have to get hammered if that's the case. Um, yeah. and, you know, and I don't have I don't have an image to show for this one. Thank God we're done with the advent calendar rumor engines for now. We'll see how wrong we are later. But uh, and Chuck, before we get to your surprising news, I want to save that for the last. I mean, Justin, real quick, give us a give us a high low of what you were what you were talking about. And I think Chuck, you were in, you in part of that conversation too about um, is it is it is it uh, Wizards of the Coast? GW might be buying Wizards of the Coast or something like that. So go I I. I I look at a lot of things and I've got a lot of feeds that come through my, my system every time. Boy, we know that. Yeah. Yeah, we do. <laughs> a lot of subscriptions. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Boy. Hasbro, there's rumors that Hasbro is looking to, to liquidate out wizards of the coast from their, from their label and that GW may be on the block to buy it. Oh, and then okay. there's, there's yeah. and there's a bunch and there's a bunch of other videos and things like you can and you can search all this stuff all over YouTube and things like that. But there's a bunch of videos out there. They take the history back and show where um, TSR and Wizard of the Coast and GW and all that stuff all kind of where they how they started together. They all worked together. They all came up with the same ideas. And, you know, then they all had their breaks and went their separate ways. Right. And, and then, you know, that kind of thing. And. The, what caught me, what made it really interesting, really caught me was the fact that if GW actually was able to buy Wizards of the Coast, not only would they have 
the control of all the trading card games like Magic the Gathering and Pokemon and things like that that, that Wizards of the Coast puts out, but they would also have con- complete control of D&D. Well, you know, oh. yeah. Okay. So they would have all of that. Okay. This, my, so my thought process is with that, it, you know, Games Workshop has like a net value of what, a billion or a billion and a half dollars at this point? Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. So does their, would it... Their, their liquid asset is $90 million a year. Right. What, so something like that. So do they have the the buying power to absorb all of that under one umbrella? And that's that's where the issue comes up is because a lot of people are saying that the estimated value with the D and D and all of that from Wizard of yeah. the Coast is close to a billion dollars. Well, hold on, guys. I'm not. I don't want to get too businessy here, but in any, in any type of, <laughs> hold on. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to. But I'm just. Gonna, I'm going to give you the five thousand foot view of how a merger and acquisition goes. Um, a hostile takeover or a complete buyout is where is where say Wizards of the Coast would literally cease to become Wizards of the Coast and it become Games Workshop, in in a yeah. in a in an area where unless there's a branding matter or in part of the negotiations, a company like like Games Workshop wouldn't have to solely put their liquid capital or anything on the line to completely absorb this company. Think of think of a merger and acquisition in some cases like a crutch. They're they're yeah. a they're a they're a large partner if not a majority stakeholder in the company they get to make all the decisions but wizards of the coast kind of gets to still kind of keep their name on the door right and that's probably like chuck you made a great point you know fiscally that this is a this is a that's a spicy meatball but i think what they're looking at is hey you know what you know they, they have the opportunity financially to step in and say look let's stabilize your center so that you can mm-hmm. continue to produce your uh, your products and we get a little bit of gravy and that's that's right. what'll happen. And and and, and you know, yeah. um, more than likely, Wizards of the Coast will probably still be Wizards of the Coast, and D and D will yeah. still be D and D, and all that kind of stuff. But it's all going to be under the umbrella of Games Workshop. Now, don't get me wrong. In a lot of times with, with things like these mergers and acquisitions, there's a lot of influence, right? I mean, Games Workshop sure. is going to have just a little influence in in these games, and yeah, I, I'm sure that we'll 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 sense that as time goes on. But good right. stuff. More to come on that one later. So, Chuck, you ready, man? We got your we got a we got a big news from Chuck, and here it is. So, yes, let's uh, let's talk so, about this. So, FlatCon news for 2021. Uh, nice. The actual uh, like quote unquote board of directors, the guys in charge of it, are actually looking at two weekends moving forward. Um, in yes. 2021, and that is uh, October 15th through the 17th, okay, and October 20 or October 22nd through the 24th. Now, nothing has been set in stone; no contracts have been signed. Um, and I got this because I was inquiring, uh, had a couple questions for them. Um, so that is all hesitant. You know, we don't know which weekend yet. But in order to kick that off, we're doing a little bit of a giveaway. And uh, Pat, uh, you saw the picture online. Yep, we're. We're doing some products from our previous sponsors, and that is out on our Twitter feeds. Uh, we've included Grimdark Live and all of our sponsors who have helped uh, promote that. Mini Stomp is one of the bigger ones. Awesome um, company. So, ch- yeah, check them out. They do a lot of charitable uh, prize support for events, I think internationally at this point. I yeah. think he started out a few years ago. It was more like North America-based, but I think... To some point, he has sort of branched out, whether it's with stem packs or whatever. Uh, so props to him, you know, support your local game store, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but from our standpoint, we're trying to get the ball rolling on it. So if there are companies out there interested, uh, you know, reach out to us on Twitter or one of the other platforms that we're on. And uh, we'll be more than welcome to work with you through the podcast and 
uh, through flatcon.com. We can get logos up and help promote your product or company. But what we're doing um, is we're trying to uh, donate a, a pool of prizes in January. So if you're interested, you can go to uh, my Twitter handle at, at ODT Gaming, and it's pinned on the top of the list. And we're giving out some Mega Gargant bits, uh, some paint brushes from Cephalopod Studios, some sprues from Cromlech and Spellcrow, and some leftover prizes that we've had from a couple other various uh, events. And I do believe one of them was from Mini Stomp, the Skaven slaves or Skaven rats in the corner that you might see, and a Space Marine from, I believe, the swag bag at Adepticon. So nice. that was all, all stuff kind of thrown at us and uh, what we do is we put those together for prizes or grab bags so that, you know, when you come and you register, you get something that's more than what your ticket cost. And you know what? And, and Grimdark Live, we're going to throw in some Grimdark dice, man. Awesome. We're going to definitely do that. And you know what? These dice are also guaranteed to roll sixes <laughs> on the sixth day of the sixth game on the sixth <laughs> roll, you know, after your sixth beer. So nice. guarantee, that's the Grimdark guarantee. See, Justin, you, he knows. All right, so let, let's – I got to tell you this. I want to I hang on this for 30 more seconds. Chuck? Yes. I am so happy to hear that FlatCon is going to come out of this thing and, and, and be there as a tournament because I think that's exactly what the whole gaming world needs. They, they need something to look yep. forward to after this kick-in-the-balls year of 2020. Yep. And, um, and, and don't get me wrong. I love, you know, it, always, always FlatCon's prize support is always something great. You know, they're always doing stuff for charity. I mean, FlatCon gang, if, if, you, if you're listening to the words of my voice here, I'm telling you right now, get out there and, and get to this. Give, give us a little bit. Of, so we don't know where FlatCon is actually going to be held this year, right? We're, we're still uh, working well, on that. It should still be in, in Bloomington normal. Uh, the Interstate Center is the most versatile area that we have. It has about six hotels around it, um, quite a few restaurants. So, uh, there's you can easily get food. We've got two food trucks that typically show up, you know, during lunch on Saturday and Sunday. Mm -hmm. So it, it is still probably going to be in the same area. It's just I believe it's the right. weekend that they're trying to iron out. Also, uh, to throw in, we do have some Army Painter uh, primer put in there, too. So the Army nice. Painter did sponsor us to this coming year. Of course. Of course. The Mini Stomp, I got to tell you, they, they're so awesome about supporting you know, this, uh, any tournament. I mean, they've been really great to us. And so many snaps support those guys too, but good stuff, man. That is the, uh, that's the news. Anything else gang? No, All right. We're going to be right. <laughs> we're going to be right back with our topic on a look at competitive grand Alliance armies. Be right back. Stick around. A public service announcement brought to you by frag factory, 3d printing, Many of us have thousands of dollars in miniatures, yet we play on flat tables with books and overturned Tupperware to act as our fantasy and sci-fi landscapes. We've all drooled over the tables we see in magazines lush with beautifully created terrain from all genres. The crew at Frag Factory 3D Printing want to wipe that drool from your chin and put it firmly on your friends and fellow gamers when they see your setup. Alien landscapes, desert wastelands, futuristic cities, fantasy outposts, elven forests, demonic stronghold, and so much more. Find out what you've been missing by checking us out on Facebook at Frag Factory 3D Printing or send us an email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com. Bring your own files or we will help you find what you've been searching for. Take your gaming to the next level with Frag Factory 3D Printing. We print life into your games. Tell them Grimdark Live sent you and your first hour of printing is free. 
Hey gang, in all seriousness, get your terrain on the table and get it with Frag Factory 3D Printing. And remember, tell them Grimdark Live sent you and they'll give you one hour free. You can get them via email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com or their Facebook page, Frag Factory 3D Printing. Frag Factory 3D Printing. Printing life into your games. Competitive Grand Alliance Armies. That's what we're going to be talking about here tonight on the show. And uh, we got um, uh, we got a lot to really kind of go through this because oh, I really want to try. I really want to try to have a little bit of hope when it when it comes into that. So, gang, you know, before we get into this conversation and maybe even some of the lists, I know Justin, you still got two more that you're going to be throwing up there and giving us a shotgun wedding on. Um, yeah. You know, I I, I want to. Before and I know we're going to be, have a lot to talk about with 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 army builds and Grand Alliance armies, but here's my here's my question to open this up. I don't want to throw this at both you guys. Are there incentives? Now think about this. Are there incentives to run a Grand Alliance army? And I mean, and and before you answer that, we're going to get to that answer here a little bit later because that's going to be a portion of the conversation. Because I think this way, the main difference between a Grand Alliance force and and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but the main difference between a Grand Alliance force and a faction allegiance is options versus strength. Is that a, is that a, a good way to kind of start this conversation? Very good way to start the conversation. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> I mean, well, no, it, it, it truthfully is because you have, you have your Alliance. So I'm going to use Lumineth for unloads here. And okay. for like, it's the easiest one to explain it is you have nine choices of units. Right, and then you have your al- you have your alloy choice, which about basically gives you options into going into um, the Iodin Deepkin. So that's it. That's right. all you get. So versus Grand Alliance, where you have every order faction book available to you. Right, and so here's here's generally speaking. All right, and I'm gonna kind of throw this back for for it looks like a couple of people just joined us here, so I want to kind of throw this back for them. But generally speaking, an allegiance for me is good at, at, at a few things and weak at something. Mm-hmm. And, and, and here's, here's what I'm saying. Right here. You know, I mean, does, does that make, does that make sense? Cause I, I, I yeah. kind of want to get to this, this point here. And it looks like we lost Chuck again on the audio buddy. So, um, I appreciate you trying there, dude. Um, so in an army build, right. Allies help mitigate the weakness, right. While allegiance benefits improve the strength. That's kind of the way that that's kind of a, a 5,000 foot view that I'd like to put that with. With a Grand mm-hmm. Alliance list, your bonuses are more generic, I guess, if I can put it that way, um, mm-hmm. and, and uh, a bit more lackluster. But you can cherry pick as you see fit, kind of what you were just saying there, Justin. Right. Is, is that your opinion also? Yeah, it is. I mean, when you're when you're playing an alliance that has, say, no magic in it, you know, you know that it, it hinders you in that particular phase or in you know that hero phase so because you can't counter anybody unless you have a built-in mechanic you can't cast spells which can bolster you you know you don't have access to the endless spells any of that stuff but that's where the ally comes in then you're out right. you could you know ally a wizard in well grand alliance doesn't have that disadvantage because they can take a wizard from damn where anywhere right yeah and 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 so 
you know, I, I'm going to kind of throw something back that you kind of remind me of. My, my son, who, you know, Kid Chaos, he was supposed to be here on the mm-hmm. show with us tonight, but uh, life happens. So we're going to get him on the show uh, uh, ASAP. We're going to get him back with us. But my son, uh, you know, he, he's a dirty rat player, man. He really is. Mm-hmm. And he's scaven for anybody who knows what the hell I'm talking about. Um, and I recall he ran a uh, Skyer, uh, Scryer list. That's what it was, Scryer. Um, a Legion Army. And I, I got to tell you, um, he also ran a Grand Alliance Chaos for mixed rats, and he did that now and again. And I remember there was a while there that he was kind of going back and forth between mm-hmm. his Scryer and his mixed, you know, Chaos <clears throat> rats. And what I remember definitively about that was they both have definite bonuses. You know, the Scryer list has a much stronger shooting capacity than the Grand Alliance list do. Like you said in the beginning of the show, you know, right. Chaos needs needs shooting, but um, while the, the Grand Alliance improves hordes which is what he was kind of going at, at least when, when he was playing that that those lists um mm-hmm. so here's here's what i want to say to you that you found because you, you i think you just played a grand alliance build not too long ago what was your incentive to run say that you know a, a grand alliance side i think it was, obviously i think it was your order mix i think it was i don't i don't remember now but what was your incentive on that more bodies more okay. capabilities more options um the incentive that I don't have to find all the synergies in the world to make the, the list work okay. because it, there's just so many synergies in every one of these books that sometimes it gets overwhelming. Yeah. And um, you know, the fact that I can sit there and I can mash something into an army that shouldn't technically be there and it can give me an advantage. Yeah. And, and well, and, and th- we're going to touch on that here in a little bit, but I mean, Chuck, um, thank you for being yeah. back with us, man. So what we're going to talk, what my question was is, you know, playing these Grand Alliance armies, I mean, what are some incentives that you can think of when you play just a straight Grand Alliance army, Grand Alliance order, death, destruction, chaos? So I played Grand Alliance order, I believe, in one of the uh, events up at in Chicago with you. Okay. And the incentive there was to run uh, cheap battle line units in the Grand Alliance and then have uh, greater access to um, larger monsters or more points available. So mm-hmm. I still had between seven and nine drops. It, it's very hard to get like a one drop army and a grand alliance. There's um, no battalions. Exactly. Like nearly impossible. So uh, the point was, is it was a, uh, uh, like a wood chipper army. You know, I would get up, I would just try and, you know, beat the other army off the table as quickly as I could. But, uh, and the only problem I ran up against is uh, regular armies that did that better. So mm-hmm. yeah, it true. was whoever had the better lawnmower, basically, any <laughs> in your grill uh, to be able to fight. So I won two. I believe I think it was a single day event. I I went two and one at your event, which is good. Uh, but I think between now and one or two years ago, and I think it was two years ago. Yeah, um, it was. There's a lot of trouble now with all of the new books that have been released and right. all of the viable options now with specific army books. Okay. Yeah, so, so any grand Alliance in general. So Chuck, I want to ask you this, your, your audio was out before, but here, I want to kind of throw this at you. I mean, do you think that grand Alliance armies have a place in today's game? And number two to that, do you, do you see them going the way of the Buffalo in age of Sigmar 3.0? I see, I see them going to the wayside. Yes. Okay. Uh, there are very few synergies Keywords and abilities really limit uh, what they can do um, unless Mm -hmm. you take a lot of units that are focused on a specific task. Uh, So if your army teleports to the flank 
or comes in as a reserve and you know, 30 or 40% are dedicated to that one sole function to really throw your opponent off. Mm -hmm. I think there's a very hard ability to compete in today's meta. Um, right. But I think with a skilled player, you can still do sort of okay. So um, if you put it in the hands of the right person, I think they might still be able to go like three and two or four and one. Now, whether or not that gets you best order for like best general, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it is definitely an uphill battle, right? Yeah, I, you know what? That's uphill battle's fine, I think, because I mean, there yeah. are people out there that are still playing legions in the gosh, and I would have I would hearken to say that probably a, a Grand Alliance Death Army might do better than a legions in the gosh build. Call me well, crazy, that, but I think that Nagash book is old too. Wasn't that a 2018 book or 17? Uh, yeah, 2018. Yeah, yeah, it's it was, one of the last yeah, right before Magnum of Nurgle. Converted. Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's one of the books that needs updated, honestly. Oh well, yeah. Well, I think I think that definitely is going to go the way of the dinosaur. I think Legion of yeah. Gosh is going to give way once they come out with vampires. I think I think that's oh it. yeah. I think I think Legion of Gosh is going to go kaput. I think I think it's out of here. Um, and and Justin, before we get to your next list, because I want I want you to do another two minute shotgun wedding on, on another list, uh, just like the one we yeah. showed earlier here in the show, but. Folks, for people that are joining us, it looks like we had a couple other people that just joined us. You know, as, as, as an example of what we're talking about this evening, um, we're talking about Grand Alliance armies. And, and Chuck, I want to piggyback off of something you just said, and actually previous, sure. Justin, to what you just said. You know, I do too. I see a lot of folks who attempt this type of army build, you know, running a mixed army. You know, um, Order as an example, most recently, because you, you reminded me of this army I just saw not too long ago. It wasn't you, Justin. It was someone, um, uh, and I don't remember who it was, but it was a... Um, it was an order army. And without getting mm -hmm. into this person's army, let's just stick with order for a second. I mean, let's say you're going to sure. go with um, Dwarden with elves and, and, and elves with Seraphon and, of course, Stormcast. There you go, Chuck. See, I had to give you a little There we there. go. <laughs> yeah, Stormcast. But, um, but Why rarely, wouldn't you take Stormcast in a Grand Alliance order army? It, what the hell? Um, but <laughs> I, I but rarely see them, meaning if you have the mix like that, you rarely see them uh, in, in more or less equal numbers. You know, not just, uh, moreover, just a, a small amount of allied units. So those type of builds are hard to, as you said, win with, if you want to put it that way. Because I think I think in a particular unit, you might have something great that'll happen. But there's not enough connectivity in, in the army um, overall, right? So yeah, yeah. here's my question to you, going two and one. And Justin, you know, you're a little bit more of a competitive player, I think, than, than maybe Chuck and I. But do you think people play these types of armies more for fun and not for competitive reasons if they were to still play them? Um, they're a thematic thing. It's, it's one of those things. If you're going to have so fun. fun. Yeah. If you, if you, you know, the beer, the beer and pretzels kind of uh gamer, okay. For, you know, they can take them to competitive and they go to have fun. And that's what these armies are. Cause either they're bringing them for the theme and they're trying to comp out on points for theme and get, you know, some, some tournaments have best army, best design, best overall theme, you know, competitive spirit, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these armies fit into that category. Okay. Um, right. More, more so than, you know, going five and zero or four and one and taking, you know, taking the, the ta taking the table because they, they just can't. Right. So well, that's at least my opinion on it. So well, I mean, Chuck, I, what do you have to say? I'm going to piggyback off that. I do think that this is sort of like a thematic thing. I mean, I when I ran Grand Alliance Order a year and a half ago, it was so I could put the uh, 
large lizard from Forge World in it, my Dread Saurian. So, right. it, you know, it, was it optimal for 400 and some points? Probably not. Uh, you know, did I have fun with it because it's just this large monster on a gigantic base? Yes. Um, there is a lot of theme to it. I think, it, you know, to a certain extent, there's a segment of players that want to play fun thematic armies that they, you know, pick up a cheap unit off eBay with and mm -hmm. uh, they just want to throw a 500 point monster in it and just try and kill something exactly. and see what they can do. Yeah. 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 And that's why I think there's still a little bit of viability to these armies. And I think we're going to see them. Sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, so I guess with that being said, and you guys make a couple of great points, I usually see people talk about why it's 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 much better to run a single army in terms of competitiveness on the tabletop. So I, I get that. And that's mm -hmm. kind of the point yeah. that you guys were coming from, because um, people don't like to lose, no matter if you're competitive or not. But right. um, but here's here's the question I want to try to dive into. Is, is there any real benefit to a Grand Alliance force in today's game? Because I'm, I'm not really hearing a definitive yes or no on that. I mean, would there be... Obviously, I, I don't think there's much of a future left for it. But in today's game, Age of Sigmar 2.5, 2.5, maybe even 3.0, is there a place for it in today's game? Yeah, you know what? I, I still have to say yes. Okay. And, and, and the reason I say yes is if... If you were, and, and this is a broad shot, if you were able to foresee who you were going to be playing in the tournaments or who you were going to play and you knew what their list had, these have, they have the better option of curtailing their list to counter that, but we don't have that hindsight. We don't have that ability. So that's where the no comes in because you have no synergies. You have nothing that gives you any kind of, uh, you know, you have command points, you have command traits, you have that, but you don't have an overall army command. You don't have, you don't have, you know, there's so many spells and abilities out there now that are specifically mm -hmm. to affect a unit type or a unit, you know, like, oh, okay, well, you can't cast this spell unless you have this specific wizard. You can't, you can't attach a spell right. to this unit because it's not that, that unit's keyword isn't in there. Okay. There's so much of that in there, but you have more counters with a grand alliance army than you do with just a standardized army. Okay. So, I mean, so again, you said, you said yes and no, what's your, yeah, I, I can't go either way because unfortunately you, you're using all the current army, the current models, current army, army battle tomes and everything else. You're right. not, it, there's no limiting factor. Here's the you thing. Know, we're we're going to keep, we're going to stay on this topic. We got a lot more to talk about on this topic, but I think before the end of the show, I think each one of us should kind of give our little answer in today's version of the game. Is, are they viable? Chuck, <laughs> Chuck, I'm twisting your arm now, man. Put Justin into a corner. Why don't you? I'm putting everyone in a corner. Out. I'm right. I'm in a corner. You. What are you talking about? I mean, is, is there any real benefit to a grand Alliance force in today's game? I, I don't, no, I mean, it, I, it would depend on your build and mm -hmm. what units you took. Like in my previous comparison, I was sort of looking at, you know, whether or not you specialized your army in order to do one specific thing. So, like, let's take into effect a Grand Alliance Order army with long strike crossbows from a from Stormcast. If I take two or three units of those uh, and I have one or two buffs in there, they could just be as effective as a regular Stormcast army, right. if they had a, a certain storm host, maybe not as effective. Maybe I wouldn't get reroll ones. Right. But go ahead. I mean, I, well, I was just going to say because like with what you're saying there, and then if you're adding, if you're adding in the cheapest battle line you can get your hands on, yes, which is what you had said earlier. You yeah. know, where it's like oh, sixty points for ten models, and it maxes out at, 
you know, 40 models in a unit. Now you got a 40 mo 40 model unit wall sitting in front of those, those Raptors. Yeah. You got to get through that just to get to the shooting. Right. So, I mean, there's viabilities all over the place. It, this is, this is a tricky, it's a tricky question, Pat. Right. So, well. so to say that they won't have viability, you know, I could pr break it down into percentages. I could say 30% of the time uh, I could have a viable Grand Alliance Army, depending on my build. But let's say 50% of the time, um, mm -hmm. it's going to be an uphill battle versus most armies if they have right. the synergies built correctly. Okay. And then 20% of the time, it's going to be mission dependent and objective dependent. Okay, mm -hmm. so I'm hearing a yes that they are viable out of you. Uh, yes, there are stipulations, but they can be viable. Okay, yes. all right. Justin's being a little wishy-washy here, Chuck. I'm kind of okay. worried about him. He's he's a little okay. he's a little squishy on the topic. I, that's because I, I, I have my answer to it. Don't worry. All right, there we go. I have to, right. but I have to defend it. Well, I oh, I know you're going to do that. Yeah. Um. So so I would say that yeah. I think I think there's still a place. And and let me just kind of walk you through this one. Let's say I were to take you know three units of say twenty gets you know with with uh, with stabas. Mm -hmm, and then sure. we're to take five units of sixty novelers. Virtually, virtually, un, you know, just the most destructive army you've ever seen in your life. And I put a, you know, oh, put a troll hag yeah. in there, and the novelers move forward, and all of a sudden you can hear triumphant Napoleonic music playing in the background, and it's just a grand alliance destruction army. But you know, the key to that army are the novelers. You know, you got to put the battle line in there for the for the Stabba. So I absolutely am going to stand behind a thousand percent that yes, you know, Grand Alliance Army with that build, especially with the Nobblers, can can do anything in the world. <laughs> have you have you play tested that? Is that yes, why you're he has. For it? Well, oh, okay. Yes, he has I've against played, me. I've, yeah, I play tested it often, even the Nobblers. Nice. Even Noblars, right. <laughs> 300 freaking Noblars, 560-man units that are immune to break. No. I, that particular list, no, I'm not. But I, I guess my point is, I, I, think, I think, okay, can, can, I, can I say something pretty pretty crappy, and then I'm going to kind of let everyone forget about the fact that I said something crappy, and Justin's going to show us a list before we go to, to the uh, next part of the yeah, topic? Yeah, go, go. Here it is. I think that Grand Alliance armies, if you can build them, I think there's a certain level of cleverness that a gamer has to has to have mm -hmm. or embody. And I'm not saying people that don't play them are, are, are stupid. I'm not saying that. Um, what I'm saying is, is that I, I think you have to be kind of a, a clever person to un uncover each and every rock, pebble, and stone of an army to see what you can build. And you've got a lot to choose from to make that a competitive, viable, incentivized army. Whereas mm -hmm. if you were to say take a you know uh, you know a, a OCR Bone Reapers army, you're kind of playing with somebody else's toys. You know that that particular writer or publisher or whoever that works for Games Workshop put this whole army and book together, and they tied certain things together. And all you got to do is somebody that has to read between two covers of a book. But I yeah. think if if to me it just seems like it's a little bit more of a tactician that can really make a positive go at a Grand Alliance X, whatever you want army. You know. Order, right. death, destruction, chaos, and again, I, that that's just me possibly saying something pretty pretty lousy that's going to piss off half the gaming community out there. But you know what I'm trying to say? No, I mean I, I think you have a point. There's also a mental aspect to it. If you have, like, let's say in your case, 200 models on the opposite side of the table with high mobility, uh, you're going to probably throw the average player through a loop about what to do because your mm -hmm. board control is going to be off the charts like you're forcing your opponent to go first and go after those 
objectives in order to even have a chance at winning or tying a game. Right. Uh, because they yeah. wouldn't be able to move those blocks of 40 or 60 off, you're, essentially. You're right. You're right. Exactly. And, and that's kind of why I'm saying I still really honestly believe that there is a strong position in today's game for Grand Alliance, you pick it, Army. Order, death, yep. destruction, chaos. All right, Justin, here it is, man. I promise you. Pick one, death or destruction. Which one you want? Let's go, let's go with death because it's going gonna, it's gonna to feed into what Chuck just said. All right, here it is, man. <laughs> death right there, right there. So so, so, walk us through. Teach us something, Justin. Let's roll. To, all right, quick, two-minute shotgun wedding. Go. Okay, so the death list that I put together, and I don't, I can't see it right this second, but let me see if I can find it real quick. It's Hold up on. there. So I, I don't know. It's not, it's not you delay. Thank you. <laughs> Ta-da! All right. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> All right. So the death list I threw together is got a lot of bodies. And when I mean a lot of bodies, it's a lot yeah. of bodies. So yeah. you're looking at 120 zombies in two units with two corpse carts falling behind them, literally giving them the ability to come back and to keep those units raised. The Necromancer Generals raising troops, healing any models that are in the area. And then for the shits and giggles and the chagrins of it, I put Spirit Host and two Manchies in there to flank you. So those are going to come ripping through your side. So you got to deal with this big 120-man block in front of you that's sitting on objectives that you're not going to move too easily because you got all this healing potential there. Spirit Host coming from the flank with their Banshees that are screaming at you, making you basically just fall over dead. And if that wasn't the kick in the nuts, hey, how about two Screaming Skull catapults sitting in the backfield with 10 skeleton archers? Something that you would never see. Right. Now right. you got now you got a death army that's hitting you at range, tying you down and bogging you down in combat on objectives while you're yeah. there sweeping you in the side. Yeah. You, you, there's there the synergy there, and then you're sitting with what? It's 207 wounds in the army in the in the game in the units. It's right. it's yeah. it's an ungodly amount of models. So, so and, you, go ahead, Chuck. I was going to say a question to you, Justin. Do you think? that the 200 model or wound number that you just threw out there, is that sort of a pivotal number that an army probably should shoot for? I think that most of Grand, Grand Alliance armies in general, you're going to be seeing anywhere from 190 to 200 plus wounds on the charts. Okay. And okay. Just, I can agree. I'll agree with that. Because you have so many options available to you. Now, you yeah. will notice I didn't include things like OCR Bone Reapers here. And there's a reason for that. Okay. Grand, you have you have Grand Alliance. You have Grand Alliance Death. You have access to anything in the Death faction, including the OC Arc Bone Reapers. But mechanic wise, because the OC Arc Bone Reapers require discipline points to run, and you're not going to generate them with this right. kind of list, they're invaluable. They don't work. Right. So when you do a Grand Alliance Death, you lose that ability. Okay. So it's so you have to take that into account when you're building these Grand Alliance lists. It's like, okay, if I'm going to do a Grand Alliance, I'm not since I don't get the caveat of my or, my alliance book, I have to find a way around that rule. Well, unfortunately, there's no way around the rule with OCR Bone Reapers. Now, don't get me wrong, there is a way around with Nagash and the Morgast and things of those because they existed in a different form in the legions and the gash and everything else. So you could sure. technically include those, but their catapults and all the things that require their, their discipline points. Right. Yeah. Don't, don't so, work. Okay. So OCR bone reapers probably wouldn't be too much of a, of, of a fit, but okay. So let me ask you this before we go to break. Mm -hmm. 
this is your Grand Alliance Death Army. Is it viable? Could you compete well enough with this? That I don't know. I guess it would depend on the scenario. If it There's, was, if it, if it was more of that squishy, wishy stuff, Chuck. Okay, you know. Well, well hold on, hold here, on. Here, here's the thing: <laughs> if it's an objective game with two objectives, yes. one on your side, one on your opponent's side, because this army also would have the tombstone capability in it, true. Because it is a generalized eye, which can raise models back, and you can place tombstones anywhere on the field, pretty much. You could put tombstones within the six inches of those objectives. Those zombies yeah. get on to either one of those objectives. You're never getting them off. Okay. So it's, it's going to depend on the mission. It's going to depend on the objective placement. And it would actually, in all honesty, depend on how much damage your outright damage your opponent could put out. Because if, if I can overheal you, I'm going to yeah. win. Or even True. keep up. All you right. really got to do is keep up so that you're Just not keep losing up. 20 models per it, turn. It, right. As long as yeah. I'm not losing, yep. as long as I'm not swafting off 20 to 30 zombies a turn and I can put them back, yep. it, this army would be viable. I think, and if I you think can the, character snipe with the catapults, I think this, this list you put together is the best one, Justin, really. I mean, as I, far mean as the, the, ones, I mean, this is a great, I think this list would go pretty damn far in today's meta. And the sure. scary, the scary thing about it is because those screaming skill catapults are, they're a 36 inch range and with the old ruling on them because they're let their legend units with the skeleton archers, which are actually the Tomb King archers. So now those all have their own old school rules, which are you have to follow. But you have extreme range, which have become character snipers, like Chuck was saying. Sure. You you get your death saves on all your spirit hosts and all that other stuff because of the tomb banshees and everything else around them. So you got these flanking 12 flanking spirit hosts that can just charge in, they roll a 10, they come in, they auto attack. You know, the Banshees are there to give them their death saves, and they're screaming at you. I mean, you got a lot there to, continue, to right. contain. Good stuff. Chuck, anything, anything, any thoughts on that before we roll on? Um, you know, I would even say that you could contest the, uh, and I forget which scenario it is, but there's three objectives in the middle, and it's the rotating point-based one where one is worth one and the other one is worth three. Um, if you can control a majority of your objectives that are in your scenario with the mm -hmm. two units of zombies you can split up the flank with uh the spirit host and then character snipe a few characters in the first few turns uh i think there's maybe a few more scenarios you could actually dominate or at least compete at right i don't and, know if I mean, dominate is the right word and, but... and the, the twix of this is if i really wanted to you could split those zombie units in half you could do two units of 30 and a unit of 60 and then you're yeah. then you're screwing with the people's emotions even more right yeah yeah, yeah. making enemies real yeah. fast well good you know. stuff all right we'll be uh we'll be right back to continue the conversation on uh, a look at the competitiveness of uh, grand alliance armies we'll be right back Hey gang, I wanted to take a break in today's show to introduce one of our sponsors and a great store for all of your hobby needs. That's GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Open seven days a week, 12 to 12. GameStorm Gaming has got you covered for all of your hobby and gaming needs. They got Magic the Gathering, War Machine, X-Wing, Game of Thrones, Force of Will card game, PC gaming and repair, Warhammer 40K, and Age of Sigmar, and a ton more. Grab paints, brushes, cases, dice, and a lot more at GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Stop in and see John and the gang there at GameStorm Gaming, located at 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, or check them out on their website at GameStormGaming.com. Again, that's www.GameStormGaming.com. 
Bitcoinbeat.com. They also stay open past midnight for special cases and events. So get over there and get your nerd on with GameStorm Gaming. 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. 630-243-9330. Again, that's GameStorm Gaming. 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. GameStorm Gaming is a proud sponsor of Grimdark Live. We hope to see you there. We are back, and we're going to continue talking about the, uh, the the competitiveness of Grand Alliance armies. So to keep this going, I mean, to continue our conversation here, gang, uh, about the viability, competitiveness, and incentives for running Grand Alliance army builds, let me, uh, let me throw out a thought to you both, all right? In, sure. in order, Grand Alliance Army. This is, this is my contribution. I don't have a fancy list like, you know, Justin over here. You know, he, he's got all the fancy stuff. Um, okay. But um, let, me, let me throw this out there. And Chuck, you know, back me up on this one and tell me what you think. Let's just say your order army has a, because you're going to like this one, Chuck. I'm going to start talking Stormcast here. I'm just winging oh, yeah. this one here, man. I'm winging this one. So here it is. Your order army, let's say he has a Lord Ordinator, you know, uh, plus one to order war, uh, war machine hits, right? Uh, yes. Your 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 general uh, buffing your steam tank, let's say an order war machine, with uh, a Celestial Huracanum, plus one to your order unit hits, making the steam tank mostly, uh, what, a, a, a two plus maybe, something like that, rather than on, yeah. on a four plus? Yeah, you can get it down to a 2+. plus. Yeah, and you can throw in an Excelsior Warrior Priest to pray and heal the tank or your other units uh, for, I think it's D3 wounds. I, th- I think it's prayer heals order units for D3 damage or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Now, just a little bit of what I've described there. I mean, do you think armies like that, where there's a lot of buffing and healing and all that, do you, do you think you could win with a list like that, Chuck? That's more of your order ask stormcast ask thing i guess it's also cities of sigmar but there you go yeah so i mean it kind of sounds similar to the city of sigmar list that i ran at LodgeCon uh earlier this year um and you know it is competitive versus some builds but depending on that damage output like mortal wounds and such uh you can kind of run into some trouble spots here and there Yep. Because the steam tank only has, I believe, 12 wounds or tw- 12 to 14 12. Um, right off the bat. So if you, you know, get hammered right in front with a, a buffed unit, you could lose one to two right off the bat. Um, right. So it, it does depend on, on damage output, especially if they have the mortal wound ability. But its staying power with the healing ability can provide some hurdles for your opponent. Uh, the other hurdle that typically happens at this point too is um if you can character snipe that is a big deal if you start taking out one to two five or six wound characters per turn um you can really decimate a opponent's ability to buff and uh use command abilities and such right okay so yes yeah definitely is is tough okay so i think i think the whole benefit to an army like this or really any grand alliance you know what have you army is that you can pick the best units from the whole alliance. I think that's really what we're kind of talking about, right? Even if mm-hmm. even if the one even if ones think that pardon me, even if one thinks that the Grand Alliance abilities and artifacts are usually not the best, right? I think we kind of talked about that a little bit earlier. But isn't there pros and cons to these type of lists? I mean, can, you know, 
give me give me one pro and one con, Chuck Justin. Give me one pro and one con to, to something like that. One pro is that when you take a, a general Grand Alliance list, your opponent may not even know what the hell you're taking, and if they are unfamiliar with those War Scrolls, it, it, were you going to say you, I got a point there? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was saying it's the psychological point. Yeah. yeah oh, right. yeah. There's a psychological point. You know, they'll be unprepared. They won't know what it is. While you have like these printed out War Scroll sheets because, uh, you know, War Scroll Builder doesn't even have them in the uh, section anymore <laughs> because you <laughs> can't select them. Uh, you're going to throw some people through a loop. Um, you know, if some people haven't played against Skinks and they're in a Grand Alliance army, and I know Skinks can be probably be taken in Seraphon still, but when they run away or whatever, uh, people are like, well, what are you doing? It's like, well, I don't even have to engage you, you know? Right. So um, that you can throw them through a loop. The, the side part to that, I'm going to kind of fall back on what Justin said, and and you can be limited in, in what your options are. You may only have a few things that you can do per turn, right. whether mm -hmm. it's focusing on shooting or magic or one buff from your general, which helps uh, a specific unit in the army um, versus the array of synergies and command points and command abilities that you can have with the new books coming out. True. True. All yeah. right, Justin pros and cons. Okay. So my pro for this is that you have key back a little bit here, but you have accessibility of unit. Mm -hmm. You have you have the ability to right. basically kind of play whatever phase you want to either an extreme or spread it out and cover every single you know check in the box. I like the you way know. you put that. Play whatever phase you want. Yeah. You know, so it's either you either can do that or you can you can line level yourself and say, okay, I'm I got command ability, I got shooting, I got close combat. You know, I have everything. I have defense covering covering every base, which we talk about that a lot all the time here. Um, the disadvantage in the that they have and the the con is you have no army command trait. You have nothing that's going to filter that army into one big thing and say, okay, army wide, everything gets a plus one to hit because it all shares this key this keyword or you know. Prime example, cities of Sigmar, you know, they all get their bonuses because they all are either from Hollowheart or they're all from Amalgard or whatever. And they they have access to all those units, but they have that one keyword that gives them pluses to hit, pluses, minuses to hit, pluses sure. to wound. You don't get that. That so that's your disadvantage. You're you're that but you can play around with that and actually kind of tweak it, use it to an advantage in a way. Um, by the fact that you can take the bare bone little battle lines and then put the big swatting hitters in there that have four or five wounds per model and have a mortal wound save on top of them. So there's, right. there's ways around it, but yeah, your disadvantages is, is command abilities and synergy. Yeah. I, and your advantages and choices. Yeah. I think, I think, um, I think both of you guys make a great point and you know, it's funny because there's a lot of benefits I would say for, for choosing a mixed army, but most of the time the downsides are more numerous, right? I mean, I think that's what I'm kind of hearing mm -hmm. everybody say. And I think it's easy to kind of, uh, yeah. henpeck, you know, the, the, the problems of any army, much less a grand Alliance one. But I would say too, that, yeah, the pros of, 
of a Grand Alliance uh, army would be wider selection of, of units um, able, yeah. um, you know, available to play, obviously. Um, right. I think also that might fit some gamers' play style with almost no limitations. I mean, there, there are places, like right. we kind of talked about, there are people out there that maybe don't want to be, you know, in another, you know, another faction's navigational beacons, right? I mean, maybe they want to expand mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, I think you can say choose the best order grand alliance or you know that that the best order has to offer in that case and and make an army of the best units of that thing i think the cons though are pretty self-evident though right i mean i think you're forced to use battle traits and artifacts from say a particular grand alliance um and you don't get any of the special rules assigned to the different factions Um, well sorry i didn't didn't mean to cut you off but you do get you do get access to the artifacts and stuff from say the fire fire slayer books and things of that you just wouldn't get the house specific well that's what that's what i'm right what i'm I'm leading to and you you know i think your i think your army has a lot of mixed keywords which means that some buffs won't work like you were saying uh Mm -hmm. for everybody in your army to to work better on you know specific units so you lose the synergy of your army i think moreover um, or maybe, and when I say that though, when I say that, when I say you lose the synergy of an army, I always have a, I always have a little itch in the back of my brain when I say that, because is it that you really lose a certain synergy or you're just, we're just so used to as gamers with these moduli, mo, you know, homogenized modular armies that have come in the books, right? Are we used right. to having those synergies, which are so connective and so, in, you know, per, you know, most cases precise, or, or, and then we don't have many more like, oh, there's no synergies here. Because like I said before, if you're a crafty gamer, you may find those synergies in a Grand right. Alliance yeah. army. So I don't know. I mean, am I off base when I say something like that? No, no, not, a, not at all. The, 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 the thing that what you're getting towards, and I think it's, uh, is that you, we have a lot of armies that require units to work with other of their units of their army, and then they get the buffs off of each other. You know, like you were saying with the yep. uh, the steam tank and having the right. the um, the commander with the plus one to hit and the the to the adding the plus one, so now all of a sudden the steam tank is hitting on twos. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all great and gravy until you lose that synergy or you don't have a way to do it. But I think a grand Alliance can still find ways around that because the game's based in keywords as well. Did you hear that Chuck? I think he's starting to say grand Alliance armies are viable. I think he's sort of pivoting now. This is, this is like the pivot point in the show, like the, the climax in the movie. Justin, are you pivoting? You're not climaxing. Are you? Your camera's on. Uh, No, no, it's the the pivot point. This is, let's go back to pivot point. (laughs) Right. I, I'm I'm riding that edge. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Oh, he's edging. I think I think I think I heard him say, Getting. Chuck. I think I heard him say that Grand Alliance armies are viable in today's game. Yes, I. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna add something else to okay, this good, because please. I just kind of thought about it. You know, people like gamers like the shiny new stuff, and when they come into a game store and they see an awesome new, like let's say, Vampires book coming out in let's say March. Uh, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, I want to buy all this stuff versus going on eBay and trying to find all these legendary units that they're not even sure what they do. Uh, but I can get something brand new right now and it's in my my hands, my dirty, filthy paws. Sweaty paws. Um, I think that there is an aspect to just buying it up and building it because it's brand new. And that is what some people want. Right. Uh, but there's another section of gamers that like to tr- sort of... Uh, pick and piecemeal stuff together and make it work so 
there is that other side of it too, where it's not something brand new, but it can still work. And uh, there's two sides of that. The new gamer is going to want something new. The old gamer is going to want something that uh, they got to really think at and, and try and, and make work. And that, and that's the nail in the coffin right there, because you're, you're basically, that's the separation between the veteran gamers like us who have large collections of models and want to field whatever we want to field when we want to field it versus a new gamer who is just in the hobby for say a year or so who just walked into the store and says, Oh, look, I want to build an army, but I don't want to have to have 10,000 books to do it. Yeah. Yep. You know, and, and to kind of piggyback off what Chuck just said, so, is I, I think that, I think that we ignore those older gamers, you know, what, what about them? Maybe there's <laughs> no, but wow. honestly, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, and that's not necessarily what Chuck said, but no, um, I know. I'm paraphrasing. But what I'm saying is, is that a lot of times, you know, who's thinking about them? I mean, there's probably people out there that have a, a a gaming collection that's all Grand Alliance armies, and they don't maybe they want to play their their yeah. femur warriors with their noblars, and they don't they don't want to, you know, like I said, they don't want to be in somebody else's navigational beacons. But right. so so moving out the topic because I, we got one more list that we're going to kind of force Justin to show us here. But and it's a destruction list. Um so the the, the other point I want to make, another good thing is Grand Alliance armies are really the only ones and here's where I'm going with this one Justin. Here's your intro to this one because you got me thinking about this when you said it was going to be a cool list. Uh there are nobblers in this one? No. Uh, well see what the Ooh. hell Chuck, Chuck, did you hear that? What kind of blasphemy is there that? Were, no, okay. I didn't hear it. I didn't so, hear it. No, uh, no. no. Initially, initially, I was going to this throw This list ogres. sucks. Initially, I was going to put ogres <laughs> and things into the list. But I ran out of points. But, but here... <laughs> Ran here's, out of points. Here's the thing. I, I, I really, I really don't know how Justin tolerates us, Chuck. I really don't. But... I can't believe it. Grand Alliance armies are really... I, they're the only ones that can use units from Monstrous uh, Arcanum. For example, the Femur Warriors, like we're going to be looking at hopefully here. Uh, the, the Carmine Dragon. I love that damn thing. And, and, and you know... Elder Alliance. <laughs> but I, th- I, think they're all, I think they're all legends now, right? Yes. Think, yeah, okay. Anyway, yeah. you know, one could still use them. And I think that's the... I think that's the thing where where we're going to look at right now. So here it is. I'm going to throw yep. your list up there, uh, Justin. We got we got we're going to be showing Justin's list here, and uh, there there are also fringe cases of allegiances that are also so bad, right? I get that. Before you get into your yeah. list, I mean, Grand Alliance is pref- you know is is preferable. I mean, you know, to Slaves of Darkness. Huh, okay, that was a joke. That was a joke. I, I you know, what? well, look, they're they're so chop blocked now, and I feel that you know if if you're going to have a successful Grand Alliance army. Play chaos and just put a lot of you know warriors of chaos in there. All right, I'm done. All right, Justin, please destruction list. All right, okay. So it was a joke. So so this list, I kind of went back to the old school destruction idea of mass orcs and wog coming into play and everything under the sun that the wog would literally pull up. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't find the point value for the non mega boss, so. I went with the Auric Mega Boss from the Iron Jaws, okay. just because his abilities are very good on foot. He's got, of course, you got to follow him. Do this is all thematic, so of course he's going to have a prophet or a shaman behind him telling him what to do. Same thing with any Gits mob. Any any proper Gits got a shaman in their pocket, basically saying, "Hey, if you do this, you win." So that's where the Loon Boss, the Fungoid Cave Shaman, and come into play. And then, of course, you know, the good old Orc Bully, which nobody knows what that model. I bet you none of you know what that is. You might, you guys might, but nobody out there probably does. That's the dude with the whip that usually tells the lobbers where to shoot and to shoot faster. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that model. <laughs> yeah. so, I love that model. 
So Which that's is- why there's, but that's why there's two gro- lobbers at the bottom. Because again, here we are with another army that doesn't have a whole lot of access to shooting, and now yeah. this one's giving us some shooting like crazy. You know what I'm surprised. I- I'm surprised in your list. You got you got the orc uh, mega boss. You got the mm-hmm. the wargog the, the wargog prophet. You got the loon boss. You got the fungoid cave shaman and the orc bully. But you know what? I'm I'm surprised you didn't have the the, the war boss on the wave room. That classic, oh, mean- beautiful model. Uh, uh, well, okay. So this was more of a foot slogging army, is, okay. and that's and that's why I didn't do the Wervin. If I was going to do, if I wanted to do the other version, because I was going to actually do a foot slogging version and a cavalry version, I just yeah. ran out of time. Um, that's why this one's got all those orc, the orc ard boys running around, those giant units of stabas running around, the big units of shooters running around, right, right, and you know all these orc and crazy things. I mean, those are old double paired chopper orcs, just regular right. old orcs, and they're sacrificial. You you throw them up there, you say, hey, you know, what was the what's the old saying in the orcs? Okay, the bigger you are, the better you are. So. You, you wouldn't you got progression here you've got your you got your big boys on the top all the way down to your gits you know right. and of course the bully in between sit they're saying fire faster i uh <laughs> so. I, I love it Justin. those are those are those are awesome lists man thanks for sharing those but all right so i, I think i think we're we're ringing the, the the old bar rag out on this topic but i, I got a little bit more juice i want to ring out on this one because i i don't and, think we're quite and done one, and one more thing did okay. you notice the wound, did you notice the wound counter on it 235 wait we're going back to it so you're saying you built oh see but that that falls back into what chuck was saying though chuck was saying that that a lot of these grand alliance armies are going to benefit off of massive amounts of wounds i mean would you say that that you know they got to be 200 plus well (laughs) i would even if i can interject just for 30 seconds uh you know what if you swapped out either the pear choppa uh oryx or even the ard boys for savage orcs with bows you could you easily could and and then you have 20 40 or 60 more shots at 20 inches per turn and they're still sort of tough in combat maybe not as good as the orc ard boys but they would still fit the grand destruction list um i don't know if i agree with the wyvern um idea just because you guys both mispronounce it but that's just my point of view well, well see, see, by Waver. making that by making that simple ch- ch- uh, change, Chuck, you've done the one thing that destruction hasn't seen in a long time, and that's an all shooting orc army. Sure, yep. you know, so you literally have some basic little grots up there that are going to sacrifice themselves on the cross, so to speak, while the rest of the army blasts them from range. You know, and that's <laughs> what the, the, the may, shooter may not be the best for. shooting, but hey, there you go. Yeah. The shooters go up, they they get an objective, they shoot and kill the hero that's buffing, and then you have three units of 30 orcs with bows come up, and they start doing the same thing, but now that unit doesn't have the buff. Right. Yep. All right, so this 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 seems like this would be a pretty uh, a a pretty viable Grand Alliance list, right, Justin? I I'm thinking no. <laughs> See, all right, here he chose one. He said no, that Grand Alliance isn't viable in today's game. So, you heard so, it, right? So, so here and here's my reason is why I say no to this list. They don't have any of the advantages of the books that they come from. Oh. They are baseline orcs with baseline saves, which is usually five plus, and they will die in droves. Two hundred thirty-five well, wounds won't mean crap. And that's kind of what we said before that you know you're you're kind of incumbent upon the Grand Alliance benefits, yeah. right? Of that Grand Alliance. Yep. So, and that's okay. why I, and that's why I built this list specifically to point out that person as to why Grand Alliances won't work. Okay. This one this one was built to show the no aspect. 
gotcha. All right, so so you heard him, Chuck. He said, no, Grand Alliance armies do not have a place in today's game. You heard that, right? Even if the Savage Orcs oh, had on. their word save? Nope. Because they don't, they don't get the extra shooting capability or any of that other stuff. Because you don't have the alliance from their their primary okay. book. Okay. All right. All right. So here's here since we're since we're since we're ringing out the old bar rag on this one. I mean, I'm going to kind of ask this question in two different ways. Do, do you guys think that the game, our game right now, um, in the way that it potentially doesn't give many incentives for running a, a general Grand Alliance army? You know, do you think that um, with do you think, in other words, do you agree that possibly by Age of Sigmar 3.0, it's kind of closing the doors, the game itself, G- Games Workshop, uh, you know, they are still a business. Do you see them slowly closing and squeezing out this viability, this ability to play these type of armies? Do you, I mean, do you see that? Will it be here in Age of Sigmar 3.0? Truthfully, no. I think I think I think 3.0 is the death the death nail for Grand building Alliance. A, building Grand Alliance okay. because everything everything's been reliquated to legends and all of the armies that are in these Grand Alliance books have been broken down into sub factions. Okay. All right. Chuck, what do you think? So I think I think what you know from Games Workshop's perspective, I think they still have models on the shelf that they can sell. Now, all these models, you know, they, they're they still trying to get a little bit more juice out of the rag. Uh, so I think with a- AOS 3.0, we might see a rebranding of some of those units, similar to what they did in 2.0, with uh, redoing the, the names, like the keywords. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll still see some viability out of it. Uh, I still... You know, to some extent, I think it's going to be a little bit put more into legendary as time moves on. But uh, I still think there are a large enough group of veteran gamers that want to play around with those older units and even uh, units that are seven to eight years old um, and put those in their lists. I, you know, moving forward, maybe with 4.0 or 5.0, uh, or even if they blow up the realms again, uh, we could see them eventually, you know, cut off. But um, I still think for this year coming up in 2021 with AOS 3.0 in the General's Handbook, we will see some type of points value and uh, rebranding of those same units. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's funny because um, I agree with both of you, and and I, I've got I've kind of had mixed emotions about it because I, I think the game does give incentives for not running a Grand Alliance army, although there's a lot of benefits to playing a Grand Alliance army. So both heads, both both sides of my brain here, think that on one end, uh, G, yeah, you don't want to know where those thoughts are coming from. Um, no. Where GW is, I think, a business, so they have to say, okay, we need to sell more models in order to keep the doors open and buy, you know, all these companies we want to buy, like you know, you know, you know, Magic the Gathering and all these other companies. But we also have to look at it from a systems and enjoyment type of game. You know, I mean, not only do, do faction allegiance armies tend to look more cohesive on the table, but you don't want to reward somebody, i.e. a gamer being somebody, for just playing the best stuff in their Grand Alliance, you know, that they have to offer. I mean, does that make sense? So I think there has to be those navigational beacons that I referred to later when when you look at a faction allegiance army. Well, so... See that, and that's and that's where that's where I have the I'm on both sides of the coin, just like you are a little bit. There is, 
I think Grand Alliances may carry forward, but they're going to carry forward with the current models. They're going to carry forward with the current bo book settings. Wait, we may so, see, but didn't we you may say that you thought they weren't going to? They weren't going to. No, 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 no. Grand see, Alliance builds are not going to be around in Age of Sigmar 3.0, right? Grand Alliances in general, there won't be any kind of Grand Alliance thing in there unless they completely rewrite the the ally, the ally rule in the game. And the primary reason I'm saying I say that they may see you still may see some form of a Grand Alliance kind of keyword or some or play right with, is with the newer models and not using because a lot of stuff like we've seen it's all gone to legends everything has gone over to legends or the models have been pulled off the shelf and they're no longer produced i mean if you if you look at the orc and goblin list that i put together there you know the uruks are gone they don't exist on the shelf sure, you yeah, know they, right. they, they exist only on ebay so to build any of those kind of viable li lists and pull the legends in you know with the catapults and all that other stuff that i'm throwing you're going to have to go find an old fine cast model or an old metal model or something that may not even right. exist so anymore. It, 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 there's, there is a business aspect to it. And you, and you know, that, and, 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 yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the business side of it. And so and moving, moving the topic on here, I mean, I suppose the incentive for, for playing a grand Alliance is that you can play with all the models that you want. Right. I mean, right. It, it's, uh, whether it's they're the, designed the, for people who have collections. Yeah. Whether, whether they're the best or your, your favorite ones, I mean, competitive or not be right. damned. Right. I mean, so yeah. uh, Chuck, I mean, anything to say on, on, on winding this one down? Uh, you know, I hope they keep... So there's one part of me that says, you know, I hope they keep Grand Alliance. I think it is something that either through, you know, allies or legends, like somehow you can get them into your army in, in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. I hope it moves forward and continues. But, mm -hmm. you know, from that business aspect, it, you know, as they pull stuff and rename stuff with keywords, um, we do see it slowly trickling out. You know, whether or not we get another year out of it would be great. I would love that. Um, right. And I, I think you would keep that 20, 30 percent of gamers in there who have the large collections that are beyond uh, recognition. Um, I, I mean, essentially, it is like there are basement gamers who've got, you know, oh, yeah. 70,000 points of uh, Warhammer models in their basement. And they just want to play with their toys. So come on, give us a little fun and love and right. let's keep moving forward. Got it. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Well, we are going to oh, wait before we go. Chuck, you ready for this? You ready? Yes. Justin, mm. yes or no, man? Are they viable? Yeah. No. See, we, I, we, we broke him, Chuck. You see that? He actually yeah, answered he the question. I finally got an answer out of him. Man, Justin, I, I'm proud of you, man. You almost passed out having to make that decision. Are you all right? No. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. All right, we'll be right back with the question of the day. Hey gang, I really hope you're enjoying the Grimdark Live show so far. Thanks for being with us. But before we get to the question of the day, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker by becoming a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in, and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, you should know that Grimdark Live isn't just there for entertainment. We're a full-time miniatures assembly and painting service. We have three different levels that we currently paint to, and we provide free quotes. So let us know if you have something you need painted, and we'll get it done for you. And if Patreon or painting isn't something you're ready to do at this time, we totally understand. And thank you for spending time with us here on Grimdark Live. So with that said, let's get to the question of the day.
We got the question of the day, so we're going to throw this out there to um, to to my to my two compadres, man. Those guys were still going at it, man. We were, we were behind the little uh, little advertisement there, and those guys were still going at it as far as you know, Grand Alliance topics. These guys never they, they don't want to give up, man. We we could be here all night. I, we don't want to do that, to you guys. I've seen I've seen what these guys do, man. You don't want to you don't want to see that. All right. So here it is. Here's the question of the day. So uh, so Chuck. We're throwing this one out to you first, man. You're, you're in the barrel first on this one. So just like we asked in the beginning of the show, will 2021 be the year that we finalize the remaining Army books and which one will be the most anticipated? That was a tough question for him. Or he's trying to figure out how many are left. Yeah. I think he's. I think he's. What he's trying to figure out is how many of them are actually haven't been changed over yet. Yeah, yeah. So, the, so I, the question for everyone out there that's trying to figure it out is: Will 2021 be the year that we finalize the remaining army books, and which one will be the most anticipated? Chuck, what do you think? He's completely stumped. Completely stumped. All right, Justin, you go ahead, man. Answer that one. Okay, so we got what, five books that haven't been updated yet. Yeah, I think it is. Something like that. Uh, well, so we have, I mean, if you if you include all the 2019 ones, the old ones, the 2018 ones are just Maggotkin and Daughters of Cain. No, no I mean uh, Legion of Gosh. No. Sorry, Legion of Gosh, Maggotkin, Daughters of Cain, and Iod and Deepkin are in there, and those are there's four or five of them that haven't been updated yet. Okay. Um, I want to say that it's not going to be Iod and Deepkin because they got the little slur in Marathi. Mm-hmm. Daughters of Cain, I don't think it's going to be them as well because they got theirs. So. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the big one of 2021 is going to be the Legion of Nagash and the vampire being upgraded to vampires. Okay. All right. I was going to, uh, yeah. So you think Legion of Nagash is going to go the way of the dinosaur and we're going to get vampires. Yep. Okay. Or we're going to get, we're going to get soul blight or something of that matter that falls into that. Cause all the models in that faction of Legion of Nagash have been paired off already into their little sub factions, be it flesh eaters court, or uh, OC, the OCR Bone Reapers, right. the yeah. Night yeah. Haunt. They, they're they all paired off. The only thing that's not paired off is like the zombies, the skeletons, things like that, and okay. the vampire. All so right. I think we're going to see Soul Blight, and that's going to be our 2021 finalization update for that book. Gotcha. With, all right. with the, that death book, do you think that they are slowly going to put Nagash to the, to the side and, and get rid of him? Or if, is he going to become uh, like an optional character in the new vampire book? No, he's already been pushed to the side. He's been pushed to the side oh. in the OCR Bone Reapers. That's where he gotcha. got. That's where he got reliquated too. So okay. he he's been moved and he's done. So now it's yeah. now you got Manfred, you got Isabel, you got all the vampires that are the Montreux that are free floating that don't have a home next to except for what's it, uh, Archeon, who Archeon went to OCR Bone Reapers as well. Okay. So you you have all those other sub factions: the skeletons, the zombies, the dire wolves. You know, the, the skin wolves, all that stuff that is not shown, that's going to end up going to, to be soul blight or something in the matter because all that stuff is soul blight. So we got a question of the day within a question of the day. <laughs> so, uh, apparently, so here it is. So, we, so, so we, Chuck, we just a question back to you. Will 2021 be the year that we finalize the remaining Army books, and which one will be the most anticipated? Um, so... I'm going to say go out on a limb also. I do agree that we're going to see some type of vampire book. I think that has been slated for 2021. Mm -hmm. How big of a release that is, I don't know. 
But I think the sister book to the Malorian book or Marathi is going to be Malekith from Marathi. Sorry. I think we're going to see the other part of that either in the second or third quarter of 2021. And it's going to release a a slew of new elf models or a elf. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And and that is what is going to be like the big kicker in the summer. So, and and by the way, that was AOS 3.0. Sorry about that. No, I think, I think that was, that was my, my pick was, was some form of, of, of Malekith elves or dark elves. That was my 2021 pick for, for top army. So, um, and by the way, folks, if you guys have a top army, leave it in the comment section below. We're putting you on the list. So, so here's, here's my answer to the question of the day. Um, you know, I, yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I think Legions of Nagash are, is, is going to go the way of the dinosaur, and I think it's going to be replaced with vampires. I, I definitely see that coming. All the rumor engines, everything are pointing towards that happening. Um, I think as far as finalizing the remaining army books, the only ones I can think of that really need that, and since we talk about Legions of Nagash kind of going by the by the wayside, I think Magakin yeah. of Nurgle. Now, here's what I want to say right now. We talked about this army on last week's show, as a mm-hmm. matter of fact. But I'm, I'm going to say that um, if you guys want to see an army that I think is going to come out of the gate with both barrels blazing, and I, I really think that the Magakin, because look, at when they came out in 2018, they completely changed the game. You know, yeah. they had this thing, they had a wheel, they had, you know, and, and they were pr- primarily all the all the characters that were new and released from 8th from, uh, edition and end times. So this army yeah. completely was revamped with basically what it has. I, I am so excited. I'm not even a really a Nurgle player, but I'm excited. to. I think that's going to be the exciting start to this 2021 gaming year. Um, I think, yeah, so I, I guess my point is, I think the one that's going to be most anticipated, I think is going to be Magikin of Nurgle. Absolutely. I, without, I, I, un, I unfortunately have to go against you on that one just because I think we're, I think we're not going to see, we're not going to see Magikin of Nurgle until Christmas of next year. You see, they that were, the, they were the end of 2021 though. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think they're going to hold out on Magikin. They, 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 they would have already done it with the with the update to Nurgle that they did to 40k, if they were going to do it, well, I I, I, mean, I don't I wouldn't go ahead. Chuck I was going to say they could have it still in the pipeline, like, like they could sister develop one, and then the following year with the development they had in 40k, uh, bring that and tailor it to whatever release they have in in 2021. We talked about uh, the um, uh, what they missed on the Nurgle release. Yes, they had the wheel. Yes, they had points accrual. They had the trees, but they didn't hit endless spells. And right, with, right. with all of the greater daddy Nurgle demon guys out there, they didn't have like an ascension model to the pre-god level. So Bingo. I think we might even see something like that, where it's a Marathi-sized model, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. like eight inches tall. It's probably not going to be, I guess it could be a big flying bug, but who knows? I mean, uh, it could be something ridiculous. Well, like my, my logic as to why I'm pushing it so far back on the books is yeah. because if you flo- if you look at the rumor engines we've had all the way since the beginning of COVID, the delay from COVID, everything yeah. else, nothing has pushed a non-40K Nurgle aesthetic. Everything has pushed vampires, has pushed some form of elf, or something else. So I think we're going to see vampires, we're going to see elves, and we're going to see something else. And Nurgle's going to be on the back burner until the end of the year. I don't. I don't agree just, with you on that, just, man. Just, I, I really. That's don't. just. That's just. It, again, it's my personal opinion, but I think that's what we're going to see. Yeah, just yeah. going off. Just going off the history we have from all of the back traffic and all of the delays. Right. right? 
No, I, I gotta I gotta be honest with you. I think that that a practically, I think coming out of COVID, there's no better army to be released than the Nurgle. I think that would just be <laughs> that would just be incredible. Seriously, um, I yeah. think I think I think they have a pre-written marketing plan right in front of them. Um, right. But also, I and think yeah, and I hope I'm wrong. I seriously, I hope I'm wrong. I I really do no. because you know because what? chaos chaos needs the love right now to keep the faction alive. Right. Yeah. And right. I hope I hope to God I'm wrong. No, you know what? But, I, I think I think we're going to find that um, that that uh, I, I personally think that Nurgle's uh, to me is the most anticipated. I think we're going to see them come out of the gate. But uh, but good stuff, good stuff. And and so so here it is. I think uh, I think the closing thoughts, man. I think it's I think it's my turn. I'm I'm the one in the barrel in the closing thoughts this week, right, guys? Or, or Chuck, do you want it? Yep. Uh, no, go ahead. It, it's all up to you. Chuck's like, you, buddy. Chuck's like, what part of? <laughs> no, it, do you not understand? All right, all right, I'll do it. Um, here it is, man. So we're winding down. This is our last show of 2020. And, uh, the first thing I want to say is, uh, Grimdark Live and, and all the goons, uh, we're, we're very happy to have you guys part of our little goofy show every single week, you know, and I hope that we, uh, we entertain you and I hope that we made you think about some things and, and, um, I really got to say from the bottom of my heart, you know, this, this little show has kind of grown and, and we've gotten some really great feedback from some of you awesome people out there and I'm looking forward to next year and what that's going to bring. And, um, I'm thankful for this community and, you know, even amongst COVID and the lockdown and all this stuff, I hope that you guys found something positive to come out of that. Maybe when you were, you know, sitting in your basement, eating your cold meatloaf, did you find the, find time to paint that army that maybe you would never have time to do if you had to go work you know did you um you know film a couple of battle reports and get them out on 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 youtube or, or another platform you know did you find that maybe you you got time in to read more of the the books you know the broken realm books or maybe some of the the older books from from black library and kind of get caught up on the lore a little bit did you crack open an old you know uh battle tome that maybe haven't looked at did you find something positive in the hobby as it stands right now did you not get bogged down with it and, and i hope that grimdark live was a little bit of that positiveness and those 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 laughs every once in a while at least every week so um we look forward to next year and you know this is as i said this is going to be our last uh, show for for 2020 and we're going to be taking next week and the week after off because of our christmas eve and, and new year's uh i know that especially with new year's i know that chuck and justin uh, have to get their drink on uh they they do a lot of that and uh this is just another excuse for for their lewd and rude behavior you know i unfortunately will be drunk with them no uh no i and i hope you guys all have a great safe and awesome uh holidays uh, plural uh, whatever you celebrate. Um, and uh, we will see you guys uh, next year for sure. But the biggest thing is, you know, I just wanted to say uh, uh, thank you guys uh, for everything. You guys are, are and, I, and I'm seeing my, my awesome co- co-hosts here, Chuck, Justin, all the Grimdark Goons, Randy, the, the, the nicest guy in tabletop wargaming. Um, he's outperforming at the club tonight, if you guys want to go see him. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and we're going to be back next year. So, guys, thank you very much. Chuck, Justin, good stuff, man. Yep. Listen, you guys got to be careful out there. You know, we got to come back and, and be sharp. I can't be bailing you guys out. You know, so let's not make the year that well, crazy. You, you just you just might have to. Like we're rescu- you're rescuing us every Thursday. <laughs> I have to. I have to. Oh, by the way, you know, uh, Chuck, how was that? How did that belly dancing thing go uh, last week? Oh, it was bad, horrible. Well, we <laughs> you pulled a hammy. All right. <laughs> That's it. We're going to end right there. Chuck's like, I really don't like that guy. I really don't. All right. Well, with that, uh, we're going to we're gonna watch Chuck do his belly dance routine. From Dark Live, I'd like to thank you for slumming it through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Age of Sigmar Worlds. 
We'll be back live next Thursday. So until then, remember, roll them dice fun and fair and don't be a frickin' short pants. If you missed the live show, you can catch us again right here on the next Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live throughout the week with Monster Mondays, Table War Tuesdays, Warhammer Wednesdays, Grimdark Grudge Matches, and a ton more. So stay tuned and stay grim, all you dice-chucking-glue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. Remember, embrace the main message here from Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other and this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com. Don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. So long, Grimdark Goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. Short pants.